Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. My name is Alex Clements. I'm here with Melbourne Football Club captain Max Gorn. Welcome, Max. Thank you, Alex. And um, straight out of the car from driving down from Launceston, he's been brokering deals all around the state for the Tasmanian new football club, Campbell Flakemore. Welcome, Campbell. Thanks, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. And there's a fair bit to get through. The last time we caught up was... I don't know what it was, but it feels like there's been a hundred race days since. So we'll do our best to to churn through the content. Well, well, Max just flagged that that Strata was a thing since since we last caught up, which I I haven't got any notes on, haven't written anything down about. And Max, did you watch Strata? It was on a Saturday, which is a little bit of a luxury in Australia. Uh, yes, there, there has been a hundred racing days, Cam, and I've I've watched and betted on every single one. Uh, <laughs> no, look, uh, Strata. If you remember, Pidcock. Uh, it was the special Pidcock day. Uh, Yumbo got it wrong. Beno and Volta. Volta sort of chased down Tij Benu, um and brought a group with him, um, which was – they looked like they weren't really happy with it. Tij Benu definitely wasn't ha- happy with it. Um, and he brought my tip of the day, Madwaz, uh, back to the group who ended up coming second. But um, none of them were a match for Pidcock. He almost went 40K solo. Cambo? And, imp- yeah, and felt- an important win for Ineos too, just given Big their time. current state. Yeah, they needed it. And we we had some slight question marks over a few of those those cross boys coming out of their, their cross season. But, yeah, I mean, Pidcock, he took the bull by the horns. And, you know, going 40Ks from the finish, I thought it was too far, um, especially with a lot of strong guys in the back. But I think, yeah, Jumbo, they may have cocked it up a little bit. I think they probably had two of the strongest guys in the race and they just couldn't work out who was working for who. And in the end, it looked like Tiege got a little bit pissed off with uh, with Volta. But, um, yeah, I think it was the first time they'd, they'd raced together, so the chemistry wasn't quite there. Um, but in my opinion, it should have been Volta committing himself fully for, for Ben Nude, a little bit more time in the team, previous winner, um, it just would have been nice for one of them to commit to another, but at the same time, it was it was good to see Pitcock go from forty k and and hang on. It was it was some sort of ride. Yep. Are you uh, clipping him around the ears, Max? If you're the team captain there and you see that kind of performance, what, what are your thoughts on how we behaved? And is this the start? Like, there's no hierarchy anymore in cycling. You just come in and you start winning. That's gone. Is this is a little yeah. bit of a consequence? I mean, Volta does say in a few of the post-race press conferences that um, he, he was sort of told that he was a domestique and he knew he was a domestique, but he thought he was riding um, without anyone on his wheel. Um, to be fair, it looked like that as well, but then um, I think it was Mohoric in particular was on his wheel, which is a dangerous person to bring over. So, um, And then... Volta's going to get his day. And today, to be fair, Strati probably was. It wasn't the greatest Yumbo uh, team in terms of what we're going to go through in a little bit with some of the classics. So um, I don't mind it. I thought he had the legs. And Tij Benu, as we know, can't sprint. So um, maybe Volta was the guy. Uh, next up was Depan. I know I know, we didn't quite touch on this on that initial run sheet, but this was when I found a little bit more time on my hands. So I started really getting stuck into some uh, Belgium racing in the afternoon and watched Depan from start to finishing, finish eating sausages on the couch. And it was exceptional. Max, did you watch this one? Did you catch up with this one? There's a little wager on this. 
Give me a little update on uh, who who won this yes, one, would this, you? This, this is just headline, Jasper Philipson, Jasper Philipson, Jasper Philipson. He made the first split and looked like he was riding like a cowboy. Just was doing way too much work, was off the front solo. Um, it was traditional Belgian weather, filthy, wet, windy. Made the first split and like not just made the first split, like he initiated the first split. Um, then made the second split initiated the third split and it was him v4 lotto lotto uh sudal quick step guys um which included included jacobson and then initiated another split to bring it down to him v1 quick step guy and torched them on the line for the win it was like and dominant. This, it was the who's who of sprinters as well correct it everyone was, was the there. Light, the lineup was impressive Caleb did not finish um, along with a lot of other sprinters, to be fair, because there's not many that actually made the finish. Mm. Um, Jasper, can we can we say it? I think we can. Is he is he the best sprinter in the world? Like Merlier has had as impressive of a start to the season, but Philipson is. I mean, some of the stuff he was doing in uh, Torino, um, was it Torino? Yeah, it was Torino. Was impressive. I'm ha- I'm happy to go with that. I'm happy to go with that call that he's the best in the world. Even if you know, if we're going to mount a an argument for for various riders, I think he's probably going to get himself over the line because he can win like he did at Depana, like racing like that, and then just torching them in in the kick. Like that's a bloody tough day, and to be able to create splits like that shows that he's a versatile rider. So I'm going to go with that. I think he's the he's the best sprinter in the world currently. It just just for context too, like they're in that final split um before the move went that he went went to line with there was Grunewagen Demar, Toons Wellsford, Milano from a sprinting perspective, Jakobsen, and he is he's chopping off with two others on the front and they're just dangling off the back, just getting blown out of the ass. Like he was flying this guy. <laughs> Tell you what, he's- it sounds nice being able to watch some racing, just you know, chilling on the couch. Afternoon time slot. Yeah, when you need when you need to treat yourself, it was exceptional. Um, but then also it's weird in a way because sometimes it's annoying, like when you actually have work to do, because it's on at a kind of bad time. It's from eleven till three, four o'clock. Yeah. Um, Must compared, be horrible compared to uh. Well, and then and then the if the D's are playing on a Saturday night, it's on Saturday morning too. So it's not there's like a full day. To be fair, yeah. I'm pretty happy with my routine. Like I wake up at 6 a.m. and just watch whatever it is in terms of like long highlights on GCN, um, sometimes make my way to SBS On Demand very rarely. Um, and then sometimes I just watch the last 40K and just go to the actual vision. So I actually don't mind being able to wake up in the morning and watch it. Uh, next up was E3, which was Pogs. Are we missing, are we, are we missing Milan, San Remo just first? Uh, yeah, if we yeah, actually let's go to Italy. Milan yeah. San Remo. I think Max termed it the best Milan San Remo ever based on the start list. And we saw like a a pretty different race compared to the traditional Milan San Remo, mainly due to one guy there being Pog and having to make this race so, so, so hard. Um thoughts on the 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 run in Campbell, the final two climbs? I guess, like, really brought the Chapressa into the race. 
Yeah, they they had to go hard, and I don't think they went like wasn't an inferno pace on the Chipressa. Obviously, it was still still quick to you know to get rid of some sprinters, um, and then it was it was full full gas Poggio tailwind like it would you know the forecast was tailwind all week so everyone knew that it was going to be tough for the sprinters to hang on um and it, it proved to be like i don't think anyone expected that van der Poel was going to break the record on the poggio um like i mean that that attack that he did you know, a couple hundred meters from the top or whatever it was was absolutely savage i'm not sure if you've seen the footage of the the punter on the side of the road and how quickly they're going past uh, and then once he once he got to the top by himself, it was always going to be tricky. Like no matter how good you know the other guys are descending, MVDP is is one of the best in the world. So if you get to the bottom with ten seconds, it's very very tough for a, a group to bring you back. Um, as soon as there's any sort of hesitation, the gap bro- you know blows out another five six seconds. So um, I'm sure we'll touch on uh, MVDP in a moment as well on some racing in Belgium, but he turned his form around at Torino to San Remo very quickly. And I think he's going to be the man to beat this weekend at, at Flanders. It was, he's looking really good. Still your favorite athlete in the world, Max? Uh, yeah, he is. That's a, a joke about not being able to watch the first 200K of Milan San Remo. That's not a joke. That is, that is bad. That is bad TV. Um, but it did, <laughs> it really did light up. Not as much as I thought. Because Caleb was sitting very pretty for a long time um, mm. until the four big boys went on the Poggio. Um, and to be fair, I was actually a little bit excited for Caleb just before they went on the Poggio. Then you realise that, yeah, no one can go with Pog. And then once Pog's attack had finished, no one can go with MVDP when he went over the top. So um, I stand by my who's who. If you have a look at um, the top oh, the top 20, it's a, like MVDP into Garner, Van Aert, Pog, Anderson, Pedersen, Mahorich, Turgis, Alaphilippe, Magnus Court, Phillips, and Ewan. Like it's a genuine start list. All the big boys performed. Alaphilippe may be a bit underperformed. I'm not sure where he's sitting. Um, but yeah, I was I was ecstatic with. I stayed up for it, and I was really happy that I did. You went the distance. Just, just a quick one. Wow, that's, that's a that's real impressive. late one. That's a real late one. Are we just are we just going to dig a little bit deeper on the the quick step Alaphilippe situation? Are they are they in a bit of trouble here? Relationship wise, well, as just, well as just generally speaking. Wise? I mean, I mean, two two years ago we were we were saying, or two or three years ago, like this is just the best team ever. No one can get close. They win everything. And now their main man, Alaphilippe, what is he this year? I think he's he's in thirty one this year. Like is is his best behind him? Is it too early to be carrying on like that? Uh, I mean, I'm worried about quick step to answer the first question. Is Alaphilippe's best behind him? I think he might be saving some stuff for, for the French stuff, um, which I completely agree with. But you can't really, in this day and age, you can't save your legs. Um, it's performing from day one. There's points available. I'm not sure if quick step needs to worry about the points too much. But um, I... I He's not with those big four. It's not the big five anymore. Um, mm. He's not. He's not with Remco. He's not with Rog. He's not with Polg. He's not with the two uh, cyclocross boys. The big five. Sorry. It's gonna be interesting to see how he comes out of it, and if if it is like an environment thing, if it is quick step, who like Maxi talked about, they've been a, a bit of a mess at a fair few races. 
which they were previously so dominant at. Um, and then how much of that is just Alaphilippe's form generally? Well, they're almost, I mean, we're not talking stage races yet, but if we look into stage racing, they're going to take Merlier and Jakobsen as a maybe a double-edged spring, uh, sprint sword, but no one to win anything else at this stage. Like there's no climber, there's no – like Asgreen's been very disappointing. Ballerini's been very disappointing. Like it's – all their eggs are going to be in the Merlier basket. Any other takeouts, Cambo, from Lance San Remo? Um, none particularly. I mean, I think it was a it was a big one for Gunner. Like I know that he's been knocking at the door in some road racing a little bit. Um, but like a set a second second at San Remo and to be able to go over the top of the climb with those boys shows that maybe he he can win some big one day races in the future. Um, I'm not sure if he's on the start list this weekend for Flanders. I'm sure he'll definitely beat Roubaix. Um. But I think he'll be one that the favourites will be looking at as a danger man um, the next couple of weeks with the form that he showed at San Remo. Surely we could just put to bed that a lot of people say this is the best monument in cycling. Um, like it's the best five-minute Poggio climb, but it's not the best monument in cycling. I mean, who, who, who says that? Who says it's the best? It's, for some reason, people love Milan San Remo. I think it's because it's a race for everybody. Yeah, I guess that's true. Everyone can win in a certain circumstance. Maybe it's the first monument too, which people are chewing at the bit for, but oh, it's neither here nor there for mine, San Remo. It's a good 20K. Yeah, yeah, it's a good finale. It didn't even start in Milan this year, in the centre of Milan. It didn't even start at the Duomo's, out in, out in the sticks. I think the Milan half marathon or something got the upper hand on it. So that shows where the priority is for the race um, in the north of Italy. You weren't doing a, a pre pre race um, test at Milan Half, Alex, for your full marrow in Denmark. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. Still, um, still building, still building. Okay. E three, E three up next. Pogs, and- Pogs, like first, uh, first race in Belgium. The big three. Uh, the two vans going at it, Pog going at it, Matthew Vanderpol flying, Van Art smarter. That this was a race. This was a race. Um, we don't even need to go outside of the top three, to be honest. Mobby style for four fifth is just absolutely hilarious. Um, they've they've really wheeled out Garcia Cortina this year and he's got himself a fifth, so well done. Um there's it makes me think that Pog is going to win Flanders, just the way that this is all going. Like MVDP so explosive up Pog, uh, up Poggio, and then uh, the slightly flatter one of the big th- of those three in E in E three Van Art was just the boss, and now we come to Flanders, which has a few more punchy climbs that potentially Pog Pog can drop them. I'm not sure. Pog's been going for a while. The other two boys had a rest, um, but let's talk about E three, like. MVP still look the best. And Alperson sort of Alfred Yumbo. Like with their like Soren Cray Anderson, like they sort of Alfred them and they like I thought Yumbo were gonna have like three or four in the move, but they didn't. They sort of got Alfred by Alperson and Alperson got what they wanted. I think that Crow Anderson signing is just such a good move for them. Even in Milan San Remo, him being there on the final 
the on the podio if something went wrong and then for to give him like a right hand man that's actually going to be in the mixer versus like you talked about jumbo being so dominant numbers wise throughout the rest of the rest of the one day classics I mean, they've got the other cyclocross boy in Hermans who was in and around Milan San Remo till late. And then they've got Jasper, if Jasper comes to any of these races as well, to be an incredibly strong outfit. And on yeah, the... a couple of years ago, it used to just be Matthew, but now he's got a proper proper squad around him. And they, yeah, they really use their numbers at E3. Like you said, they got <clears throat> the Alfred jumbo a little bit um from, yeah from what i saw I, I thought i thought matthew was was the strongest here um i know pogi got he got pretty close to dropping um vanderpol on on the paderberg got rid of van art a little bit um it was good to see van art get dropped a couple of times i, I don't think i've seen that for a while um, so for me, it's, it's going to be Matthew is, is going to be the favorite despite not winning a three in that three up kick, uh, you know, with Flanders being an extra 60 K an extra hour and a half, um, shows that, you know, the form that he had at San Remo over six and a half hours, he can do it, do it late. So can Van, uh, with Van Art. but from what I've seen, I think it's going to be Matthew. Was this the first time that we've really seen Wu Van Art ride intelligently, not just on raw ability? I think part of that was that he was absolutely fucked. <laughs> um, and he couldn't just go on the attack and just be be the man. He had to be a little bit smarter, which was nice to see. Um, but like I also said, it was, it was really nice to see Van Art in all sorts of trouble and getting dropped uh, on the Quarimont. On the um, Sudal quick step note to Eve Lampart, number one for them, group one to group four was their best mm. result. Like yeah. Imagine imagine hearing that two years ago. Yeah, like you talk about Alpes and Yumbo in, uh, Alpha and Yumbo, like Sudal quick step isn't even in that equation. Like I'd almost say Bahrain with Mohoric has been more present. Um, Inter Marche with like a Gourmet has been more present. Like these teams have been more present. Um, even Christoph's team have been like doing some work at the front of the peloton. I just call them Christoph's team because I don't actually know what they're called. Um, you know, everyone understands that. <laughs> everyone knows who you're talking yes. about. <laughs> um, like these teams are present. Sadal are just not. Imagine, um, imagine being in the partnerships team at Sadal, the business. You've gone from a couple of miserable years at um, Lotto Sudal, the former team, jumped ship to the big wig in Belgium, and they've just been miserable all year, giving you nothing. In in, in Belgium, I mean, Remco has been torching races, True. and True. they've been getting wins with uh, with Merlier. But I mean, for the sponsors and for the big Belgian team, that's not the that's not the right type of runs. They need big victories in Belgium, and you know, it, it wouldn't be a huge surprise for them to come out and pull out a big result this weekend. But at the same time, I mean, the form that they've showed in these races and the form that the other big favorites have shown, I, I can't really see a, a big upset happening um, over the next couple of weekends. You don't reckon winning the Giro's up there in their list for Sadal? I think it, I think it'd be great for them to win a grand tour. I'm sure the sponsors would be, be pumped, but 
Belgium World Tour one day races is is where it's at for Patrick and and the Belgian Mafia. Get Wevelgen. Um just another Jumbo Visma classic. Um, I mean they bounce back here, don't they? They generally and- bounce back. <laughs> In 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 Wout Van Aert's in fashion too. Just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride off the front. I'm gonna take a guy with me. I'm gonna just like ride, just ride on the limit, do seventy percent of the work, and take him to the finish line and gift him the win. What's imagine everyone's be, stance on that? Imagine being the imagine being in the position where you can gift people get Wevelgum and it's like oh yeah. <laughs> can they um can they stop? Can they stop interviewing Eddie Merckx? I'm just, it's like us constantly going to the well with Lee Matthews, who was the best player of the AFL 30 years ago. Eddie Merckx just keeps potting every modern day cyclist and anything they do. He said something like, I couldn't believe Wood Van Aert gave it to Christophe Laporte. Like, it's not relevant 40 years ago, mate. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> Sorry, remember, um, remember when he potted I, Caleb in I his thought... article and he's rang him up the next yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. Who rang What, Caleb just gave Eddie a call? Yeah, he just called him. Say, hey, what's this all about? Yeah. And then he and then he wrote an apology on the next the his next uh <laughs> article in Het Newsblad. Um but anyway, back to back to Gent Wevelgem. Um I thought it was great from, from Van Art for what it's worth, like to be in a position to give a teammate, a victory of that sort of caliber, like that's a that's a that's a result. I know Christoph's won some big races since he's come to Jumbo. He's been a different rider, but like that sort of victory on the Palmares, I mean, that's that that's like a that's a career changing, defining sort of result. And I'm sure people will say, "Oh, he was given it," but you know, in 20, 30 years, people people aren't going to remember that. Um, and it's good currency for Van Art, I think, as well. Like he's he's won enough races, but to just give someone a world tour one day race in Belgium, like yeah, that's that's top level stuff. And he's literally just purchased mm, I'm gonna take a guess on numbers. Let's say four years of Christophe Laporte doing ultimate domestique works. Like yeah. he has literally got the most selfless domestique ever now. He's just been gifted a, a one day race in Belgium. Mm. Maybe a lifetime sponsorship. Like even, like for him to win that race, that's it. He will never, mm. never not do a hundred and ten percent tap for Wood Van Aert. Even if like <laughs> they done. change teams down, t- change teams down the track, and they, you know, in a final group, like I reckon you could still call upon a favour from from him in a different team. Like I reckon that all, yeah, that's like a something that'll last a career. Uh, we had a result from Israel. Uh, Premier to accept Van Mark. <laughs> Believe it or not, has wound back the clock and finished in the in the on the on the podium. Um, and we had to go back to Tim Berlier for the first of Sadal, um, who's a while back. Mm. Caleb was third over the the Kimmelberg. Best best of the rest. Yeah, I, 
when I saw the highlights, I was I was like, Jesus Christ, Caleb like Caleb's there in this filthy weather in Belgium, like going deep into this race. Like I I don't know whether I was expecting that. I don't know where you know these next objectives are at, but that was a surprise to see him. Have you got any inside word, Alex, from from the man himself? What's his what's well, his targets he, coming up? He said he wants to do Flanders. Okay. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I think after that performance, surely he's he's in the mix. Get him in. Um, Get him in. I was Roger- worried after the first one when when the the race Phillipson won and he was almost out before halfway. Yeah, that I guess the the point on that one is that that was like you you have to be racing in that like you had to be making splits. Like there was there was yep. things that could go wrong for you. Um, but yeah, I think he was good. Him and Dali, well, Dali was also in the race. So a nice little, like, just establishing himself as the alpha in the team. You know, I'm still the big dog. Has, has the well, Dali hype sort of fizzled a little bit, like when the big boys have come out to play? Unfortunately. And the, long, the longer races, I think, are starting to get him as well. Like, these are – the classics are long. Like, Milan San Remo is 250-odd K. Um, Caleb odd. got the yeah, Caleb got the honors there as well um, at Milan San Remo. So he's he's getting a little bank. He's still he needs a win, Caleb. And mm. um, this is slightly the end of our one day chat, but we have to talk about him getting rolled by Gibbon Thissan on the line again. Um, slightly worried that Caleb can't win a. He had the perfect lead out. I don't know what the race was, but he had the perfect lead out and Gibbon almost came over the top of him. But if you go to the photo footage, Caleb's Twitter was actually hilarious. His social media, he was actually calling out the UCI. If I called out the AFL on my Twitter, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd have a 20K fine. I'd be done for a couple of weeks. He's just yeah. slapped the UCI with some photo <laughs> footage of himself. Where, where, where does he go to? From, like, Camo, where, what is it? Is it, does he just need to knuckle down and win at the Tour de France? Like what? What's what's next? For sure, him? I, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head whether he's traditionally done like Swiss or Dauphiné to prep. Um, well, he's normally done a I mean, Giro. To be fair, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're not invited to the Giro. I'm pretty sure, Lotto. There's curveball. Yeah, he, he needs he needs a victory. Like oh, I think he needs to go into the Tour de France with some confidence. Like I know he's beaten all these guys before, but not not this year. So it'll be you know. I'm sure he'd love he'd love to get a victory before going to the tour, but um, like he, you know, he's a he's a super rider, and he'll be able to dial in for the tour. Like if he goes to the tour, he'll be he'll be around the mark. Um, but you know, you know how it's like you you want to be beating guys that you're racing um, a couple of months before. So I hope he can do it, but at the moment he's um you know he's not in the the top two or three. He's now he's now fallen to my number two boy as well. Um, he's been my number one for a long way, even though he shunned me in Monaco. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you have a look over my left shoulder, um, I've got a uh, it's signed Australian Ineos Grenada Australian Championship top, and the and the, and, the, and the quote actually says, "Maxi, enjoy the season." The flick, Caleb, you're a Grenada now, mate. Um, <laughs> so Caleb is con- considered flick. And I am now an official Grenada. 
And and for any other World Tour riders that are looking for Max's support, all it costs you is a jersey and one short note to gain his support. Yep. So um, I would take a Yako, a, a Jaco, a Lula uh, top if if Lucas is listening. Um, on on that team, a couple of things. Kel O'Brien's been super, like in moves around the mark, doing work, putting himself at the front, and the rest of the team's been horrific. Like, can you name <laughs> another person you've seen? I Brunewagen was in a finish at one point. I do know that he's. To be fair, he is getting results, but the rest, yeah. Matthew's got COVID. I thought COVID was done. Nah, I had it a couple of weeks ago. Still a thing. Yeah, still a thing. They signed. Who did they sign from Quick Step? Uh, Steba. 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 Uh, unfortunately, it's not 2014 anymore. <laughs> Is there any any um, other teams? Any other teams from the classics, Max? You want to have a little pot at while we're at it? Uh, I mean, I. Where do I start? Is Israel uh, just <laughs> just got there and then have we? Naturally. I mean, Cal O'Brien's been in the move, so he's been like, "That's cool. We can see the Jaco top, and we know what we're looking for when we're looking for the Jaco top." Astana, um, if there's no sure thing of them not being in the in the UCI next year, the pro level, like they have not only they're not got a result. Cav and Czech, uh, I don't even know how to say his first name. He's the lead out man who used to be a sprinter in C's Bowl. They're doing. Uh, I've got to be careful here. They're 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 not doing much. Litsenko, they've all eggs going in the Litsenko basket and just hope for an eighth in the tour and hope that's enough points. Is that the first time on this program, Max, that you've said, "Oh, I've got to be careful. I've got to check myself." <laughs> what, what's all that about? <laughs> Well, because I you got some I sponsorship deals because... to hold or something. He's got yeah. friends in the. He's got friends in the. I've got friends. Yeah. I've got friends in the game, and yeah. and I sometimes because I haven't been in a pro peloton. I haven't been in a peloton really at all, apart from down Beach Road. I have to be careful about how hard it actually is. So I get that it is extremely hard. You two would be able to. Uh, that's why you two are here to tell me that it's hard, um, <laughs> and, but. Yeah, I'm I'm confused by what a starter are doing in the peloton. Oh, I think it's I think everyone would agree with that. <clears throat> they're yeah, they're in a tricky spot at the moment. And you're right, I think Lutsenko is trying to scramble a top ten at the tour, maybe get a stage as well, is is their best bet for points. It's it's grim reading for them at the moment. Um I heard you off the top there with other teams you were looking to have a pop at. Israel, Van Mark with a podium. Yeah. Uh, at again Wevelgem. I think the last the, the the time before his first and podium this year was like two thousand nine or something. It was like best part of fifteen years ago. So that's a surprise. Uh, but loves a loves a cold, wet, hard day does Van Mark. I don't know what he is now, thirty six, thirty seven, but that's that's one hard man. I still think to go in, go all in for Omar Goldstein going forward is their best way um, forward for Israel Premier Tech. There's a there's some bigger household names that have been disappointing, like EF. Um, I haven't seen too much of. Uh, they do have a bit more of a climbing team, so they're probably like a Hugh Carthy, uh, Carapaz, Chavez. These sort of guys will hopefully come um, forward soon. Uh, FDJ like. 
Mad Wise has been close. Stefan Kung is always Mr. Consistent. Uh, David Gadu did an unbelievable, uh, was a Paris Nice. Mm-hmm. But Ado Damar, slightly disappointing. They haven't won much. I don't think, if any. So FDJ a bit. And then DSM are the other ones who um, write them off at your own peril, though, because they probably can come hit you pretty quickly with some results at some point. Anyone else, Cambo, you want to flag? I don't think so. I think Max has made a pretty comprehensive list there. Just just two things I'll add to that. Sepp Vamark is only 34, thought he, thought he was older. Okay. Um, and just on the DSM, I, I, Wellsford, Sam Wellsford has won a few races this year, which probably get them out of the reeds a little bit. We did miss one, but unfortunately, um, I've been contracted now to not talk about the Ineos Grenadas in a negative forum. So, um, go Ineos. I think you're doing a terrific job. <laughs> um, I reckon go all in for Aronsman is working. I think, I think Campbell Campbell hit hit the nail on the head in that the biggest news to come out of that segment was that Max said, I need to be careful what I say here. The... Um, well, I was going to say that there's been two one-day races since we last talked. There's actually been three, which Max flagged. Max, do you want to start with Torino? Just give us your little 101 summary and takeouts from it. Uh, so Torino started with a Filippo Agana unbelievable TT. Um, he's, like we said, he is in some genuine form. Um, and to be fair, I thought like for Torino, he might have been able to hold on to the jersey for a little bit longer than he did, but um, I think he lost it relatively quickly. Um, then Jakobsen was the best of the sprints in stage two. Um, to be fair, it was it was a tad lumpy, but he got over. He beat Jasper Philipson, um, and Gavilia in that, uh, and then it was a Primoz Roglic show from then on. Um, Jasper Phillips and won a couple of stages into the round, but Primoz was strong, like genuinely strong. Um, they weren't massive, like high altitude climbs. Um, so I don't know how you guys read into that, especially with Primoz, who's known to maybe go a bit iffy in the high altitude, but his punch was there. And he, I mean, he wasn't a star started field. Enric Mass was there. He's probably the best of the lot. Maybe Yao Almeida. Um, but Primoz looked hot. And he took it into the next one day race that we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Anything else from Torino, Cambo, before we go to Paris Nice? I don't think so. I think that was a pretty comprehensive wrap. Um, I know Roglic <clears throat> found himself um, in the news for, for rocking up to Torino with, with hairy legs. So, whatever the hell that means, I don't know. He shaved him halfway through the tour. So, good luck to him. Um, but, I mean, he tore his race. No, it's just you know, just just a talking point, something that people like to talk about. So, whatever. Outrage. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Max said, like <clears throat> wasn't wasn't really challenged. Like there was some good ride. Like it was good to see Teo like finish on the podium. Um, him back some good form. Uh, Almeida, who's just going to be sort of trying to get leadership roles where he can. Um, on that team, so took his chance for a second there. Um, but yeah, Roglic too good, and then he went into Catalonia, smoked him again, which we'll touch on. But do you feel like he was maybe a little bit of a forgotten man coming into this season, Primoz Roglic, and he's come out with a bit of a point and just gone robot mode and just torched everyone? 
I mean, I just think as soon as you give up the one-day racing and then also give up the Tour de France and say you're right in the Giro, I think you become a forgotten man in this in this world of cycling that we are now. But, he, but to your point, Campbell, he has gone full robot mode, mode the last two weeks and picked up two stage races. Yeah, and won three stages apiece, both yeah. of them. <laughs> like no celebrations and, either, just like stopping the garment oh. over the finish line, just weird <laughs> shit like this. Just like enjoy, enjoy winning a race, man. It's tough to win. It's a complete difference to what we're calling the other big four members of the big five. They attack, they attack, they attack again, they celebrate. Rog never attacks and does not celebrate. It's a it's a weird little mode that he's in. Harry Nice was the first showdown of Pog v Vin um post post the Tour de France last year. And I guess yeah, we got some we got some good mountain stages and I guess Vindegaard was first to go. Um I think I sent a message to the group chat saying Pog and Vin are on a whole nother planet. And then two minutes later, Pog just put minutes into him, blew his doors off up, up the climb, which was a pretty consistent trend throughout the back end of the week. Um, it was just, yeah, the Pog masterclass. Yeah, it was. Um, Magnus Court was hot early. Um, Jumbo Visma won an extremely... Um, a dull TTT for mine. Um, I'm, I'm still not still not sure where it's where where it sits. Team time trials. I'm not sure if you enjoyed them, Cambo. Did you? Um, I only did. I only did one in my in my professional um, one year career, which was bloody tough. I was definitely underdone, and um, I think I was I was on Rowan Dennis' squad. wheel. It was in the squad. Uh, I was Dennis Caruso, Stefan Kung. Um, Danilo Weiss, you can go look at it. It was the 2015 Tour de Romandie. One of the toughest 20, 30 minutes I've ever done. It was so hard. I think they're cool. I think they, um, yeah, they shouldn't be in every Grand Tour, but I think sprinkled in every now and then. And I did like the format of time was taken on the first rider. I don't know what you guys thought on that as opposed to being taken on the third or the fourth. I, it did, I quite enjoyed it. Did yeah, it brought a new element to TTT. Like how teams launched their GC rider um, mm. was it was pretty cool, to be honest. Like that's where EF probably stuffed up. Like Magnus Court took the jersey and they could have launched Palace, um, who ended up not being too much of a contender anyway, but at that point was their GC rider. Um, but it was cool. Um, but yeah, it was the it was the Tadej show. David Gadu put up. A somewhat surprising fight. I'm not. I'd never put Gadu in this sort of category. He'd always been in the shadow of Thibaut Pino at FDJ, um, and I thought he was a stage winner in the Alps at the Tour de France. That that was him. But um, he looks like he could potentially lead up a full FDJ um, train for the Tour de France if Demar stays away from it. So um, that's that's very exciting. Will he be on your podium Just, now, Cambo? Who's that, Madoua? Um, no, now that Pino's moved on and Gordu's stepped up, see a new man. Uh, no, I think I mean Maxi. It's it's Maxi's man. I mean he's a he's a big Gadu. He's a Madwa. He's an FDJ guy. So I'm not gonna yep. I'm not gonna try and claim these You're guys just a as Pino my boys. guy. I'm just a Pino guy. Um, and I've been wrong in the past and probably will be wrong forever on that one. 
just only a little team time trial st- um, story before Maxi. Do you reckon mm. we need a few more war stories out of Cambo this season? Throw back we the do. Clock. Um, like I said uh, in the first podcast of the season, I, I, I would like to delve into Cambo's career a whole lot more. Um, I feel like uh, the fact that we're sitting here with a world, like a time trial junior world champion or whatever you were, like it's spot on. You should be you should be leading this podcast and me and Elbow just sitting behind you. Mm. Band club. We did. I did. I did roll out our most popular Instagram post of the year and something that just needs to get a little rerun every now and then of Cambo with the rainbow stripes on just to initiate a bit of bit of traction on the Stanley Street Instagram page. Went well. Well we're gonna have a big, a big celebration next year, Alex. It'll be the it'll be the 10 year anniversary. <laughs> Somehow. Ten fucking years. <laughs> That's gone quick. Yeah well, we might have to move the Stan- the Stanley Street junket to Pomferrata. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's have a little junket there and then roll into Barca. Elbow just before we we finish on Paradis, I just want to talk about um, something that's probably in your field and you'll probably um, talk it down because you like to keep your friends close to you and this is talking about some of your friends, but where is Australian uh, climbing? Because last year and the year before, we were raving about it and uh, Ben O'Connor and Jack Haig in particular um, and you could potentially chuck a couple of the Jayco boys in. Um, they're not in the last 10 riders at the moment going up climbs. Except Chris Harper was good. Like in, in, yeah. in playing that support role for, um, for Yates, who just wasn't quite that good. Um, and you can add, add, you can add Jai as well for a Giro winner to be getting beaten by the 20 year old in his team. I'm not going to have a crack at his last name. I will. Uge, the Brook. Um, it's yeah, it's just they yeah. seem to be not where they were. Right, have you got me? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good analysis, Max. I think like two oh, years ago, no. we went... don't don't let me be the bad man. You just come over <laughs> the top and say, so, I understand. You make an opinion of your own, Alex. <laughs> Hagee, Hagee's been injured. I'll give him. I think he's coming back from some sort of in, in, in injury. So go to the next one. Hagee's been injured. Hagee's been injured, but I think still disappointed. Still disappointed okay. in like you'd expect it to be a little bit better. Ben O'Connor, I'm just not really sure where where he's at. Like you mentioned, he should he should be leading that squad now, especially after his Tour de France a couple of years ago. Um, Jai. It was always going to be interesting to see how he bounced back after the Giro. I think, I don't know. There's, it just seems like there's a distinction between these two levels of cycling. And they're in the, the second tier category. And then the next level up is just throwing himself at, at the World Tour as well. So they've got that challenge of Rog and Vin are so far ahead of everyone else. And then they've got these young pups just throwing themselves at the sport. But yeah, but they're in an they're in an interesting position where Vlasov looks to be the man at Bora, uh, Lander looks to be the man now again at Bahrain, and like Peripant might end up being the man at AG2R. Like 
the like Josh should be the man. They've got four GC guys that they toss up between, and sometimes it seems to cook them a little bit. With Leonard Hamner now dipping his feet into GC for some reason, when he's the best breakaway rider in the world, almost. Um, yeah, I just I just thought I'd get an update from Elbow because he seems to know all these guys on a pretty high level. If you're if you're any team that doesn't have Rog Pog Vin Remco, like. What what's the strategy? What's the strategy now? Well, this is where Jaco sit with Simon Yates. Yeah, I mean, we saw that at Paris Nice. Like, <clears throat> there's just these two guys that are just so good. You almost concede at the start of the tour that you're racing for that third spot. And like you said at the top of your analysis, Albie, of our young Australian climbers, it is there's that top top tier of this sport. You know, five ten guys who were just winning everything. And then it's the best of the rest, scrambling for results here and there. And that's where our Australian boys are currently sitting, fighting amongst the Landers and, you know, Vlasov, Yates, these sort of types that before this top echelon of riders were winning everything, they were the guys. But I think for us to get a rider into that category, yeah, it's going to take a lot. And Max's man, Luke Plapp, is probably the one with the trajectory um, <laughs> to, to that top tier. But he's got he's got a little way to go. But he's definitely he's definitely on the right track for a for a GC leader. Grand Tour. Oh, I mean, poten- I mean, potentially. I mean, uh, who knows? He's still still quite young. But it's so are all these other dudes. Like he needs to, you know, his development needs to happen quickly, and it, and it is. Um, but I think that's probably where he's going to go. He needs to start with some one-week races, which I think will be his bread and butter in the future, those sort of you know, 20-minute climbs plus a TT. Um, and in time, he'll be able to get down to a weight where he can go with these guys in the high mountains. But, yeah, for now, there's just two two tiers. It's the, it's the God tier and then it's the world-class tier. Like it's <laughs> it's bloody hard to, to win bike races at the moment. Hmm. And then in terms of like the next that next batch that are coming through, so that that group of Hagee, Hamilton, Harper, Jai, O'Connor, they all came through the time when there was an under twenty three squad. There was a pathway. There was like a pretty clear way that you went from Oz to the World Tour. Now it's like strap yourself in, work it out yourself. Yeah. You got to be going. Choose your own adventure. Good luck. Uh, there's still there's still like the ever ever consistent Andrew Christie Johnson trying to do everything he can to get people to the world tour. But aside from that, good luck out there. Mm. It's not easy. I think there needs to be a um East End wine bar continental under twenty three team based out of Barcelona or something. So mm. we'll work on that in That's a couple of years when Max is retired. <clears throat> I will I will look into it. I will look into it. <laughs> Only if only if Plappy comes across as my lead GC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That deal is contingent on some stars coming across, and yeah, listen, yep. Max, you've got the you've got the pool now, so we'll sort that. Beautiful. Catalonia. Sorry about that tangent. That's our mm. tangent. Catalonia. Well, speaking of Aussies, we had a Tippy. Uh, again, I'll check myself before I say it because. No sprint field's ever a weak sprint field because it's winning a race is hard. But Brian Cockart was his main opponent, Caden Groves, for the weekend. But, like, he punched it in one of this, his two wins with, like, 6K to go and got back up and won. Like, Caden Groves is a special talent. J.K. will be 
again disappointed they've got they've they've let him go. Um, apart from what else we'll talk about, I first of all we want to get your opinion on what Caden Groves is doing. I think it was like three three and a half k to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. I know the group were like it was you know it wasn't a full group of two hundred coming to the finish, but still when the group team, coming along on a teammate's bike too, on a teammate's bike as well. Like he uh, like didn't even get a full bike change; it was just his teammate's uh, bike. Incredible. And he, he won the reg, the regulation bunch sprint two days earlier, so he's the, clearly the best sprinter <laughs> there. Um, the story that comes out of this is not just Rog and Remco, which is a superb battle. Rog, again, being boring, just sitting on Remco's wheel. Remco lighting up. I hope he changes his mind and doesn't go to the Giro and rides against Pog and, and, and Yumbo at the tour. It would be unbelievable. I don't think he'll do it, uh, obviously, because he's already set his uh, sights on the Giro. But the real story is that what the hell was happening at UAE? Um, Soler and Almeida attacked each other nonstop. And then when Soler on the last day had a chance to get on the podium, Almeida chased him down to keep his podium spot. It and was at, comical. And then and add, add, Yates add, in there. Yates. <laughs> throw Yates in there doing some weird riding throughout the week as well. It was it a race was for star type levels. So it makes me think that Mark Soler was the issue because now he's brought it to UAE. That's what I'm talking about, Almeida. He's just he's just trying to get anything he can, whenever he can, at all costs. Um, but you're right, Soler is the is the common denominator in in this carnage. <laughs> Almeida's got an interesting riding style. Like again, I've never ridden a peloton, but I. Feel like it's very inefficient to get dropped, ride your way back on, get dropped, ride your way back on, and then finish fourth somehow. He's been doing it for years. Like when he burst onto the scene at the Giro, I'm not sure when it was, three, two or three, four years ago, he was doing the exact same every climb, just yo-yoing. Like normally when you get dropped, you blow and that's it. But you must just know like how deep he can go, how close he can stay to that edge, and it works for him. But, yeah, it's not a not an exciting style, that's for sure pretty hard to win too it is hard to win good for a podium good for a podium just just looking pretty at this hard. you go max sorry pretty hard to be a domestique for pog as well if you can't hold a tempo egan bernard was also there crashed out again another setback for him and maxi's boys i mean t- starting to get real tough starting to get real tough he- he like he snapped his back or neck, wasn't it? He when he had that massive crash 12, 18 months ago. I mean, it feels like he's back really, really soon. And then to to have another big injury again, like oh, it must be so tough for these guys to to keep coming back. And surely they 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 can't come back as as the same rider. Like Bernal was one of those guys that was maybe in that category of Pog, Vin, Remco. Um, but I can't see him getting back to that tier again. It is slightly worrying. The good thing for Egan Bernal is Israel will throw cash at him when he's done anyway. Um, and he'll ride with Israel for six years on a pretty good contract. So money wise, yeah. he'll be he'll be well looked after. Cop up the super. Yeah, I don't ha- I don't have any um any concerns for Egan Bernal's uh, financial security going yeah. forward. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> Uh, who do you who do you think leaves Catalonia 
Catalonia with the higher regard for the Giro. Are you happier with what Rog produced or are you happier with what Remco produced? So Remco's win on his stage, which was stage three, was the most impressive win out of the lot, in my opinion. But then Rog wins and he also wins quite well as well because Rog's wins were, were quite good. He dropped Remco on the altitude climb, which is apparently the one where Rog struggles with. Mm. Rog's wins were Grand Tour winning wins. It was consistency. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think more impressed with with Rog, maybe because, uh, like we discussed earlier, maybe he was the forgotten man and he's just sort of bounced back and everyone's gone, Jesus, this guy actually is that good. Um, but at the same time, like Remco, another <clears throat> another year under his belt, he's won the welter last year. Like he can he can do it at a grand tour now. Like he's proven that he's you know put to bed the the myth that he's no good in the third week. That's all gone. Um, so I guess ultimately we're going to have a have a good battle. Um, but to answer your question, I think I'm probably leaning more towards Rog if I had to choose at the moment for for the favourite. Your thoughts, Max? That's fair. Um, I think teams come into it with these two, and Sudal surprisingly looked looked better at Catalonia. Like Roglic was isolated a lot. Um, I'm not sure where Sepkus was. He seemed like he wasn't having the best legs. Robert Hesink wasn't really doing much. Where like Van Wilder is like this great movie, by the way. Um, is seems to be this little find that they. They've managed to get and seems to be there when the when the going gets tough. So Sadal maybe have a better team for him. I don't know. I was maybe I'm more looking at how the way Remco rode and I'm like, that's so exciting how he's riding. And it's made me lean towards Remco potentially doing something special. We've also got the dynamic of Vindegar going to the tour, Rog going to the Giro, Vin on the back foot, and he won the tour last year with Pog uh, with Rog there as his right hand man. Like if if they go, if they go Giro and it doesn't play out, and then they go Tour and it doesn't play out, could easily come out of this year with no Grand Tours. That's very possible. There's no doubt about it. Like I, yeah, I mean, from what we saw at Paris Nice, like Pog has come out with <clears throat> a bit of revenge on his mind. I think like he wants to just torch this whole season, and that's a concern for everyone. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's a fair chance so, he could win the tour and Flanders. Yeah, that's that's true. And and Primoz is all something's always happened at a Grand Tour. Like there's always been something to go wrong. So you're right, Alex. They they could come out of it with nothing. But just quickly, this this general classification highlights what we're talking about about the two tiers in Pro Cycling at the moment. There's these two guys separated by six seconds. And then it's Almeida at two minutes eleven. Like it's just two different races going on. Um, well, exp- Almeida explain at- to me. Almeida- that- explain. You go, Kevin. Sorry. I was going to say Almeida at two eleven, and then we go down to like Rigo at three fifty three. So like, <clears throat> you know, ten, ten, eight guys within two minutes. Um, so it was pretty. It's pretty close after that top tier. Explain to me how Jacoby beats him on a mountain top finish, please. Don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, what did he finish in the end? Ciccone, three minutes down. So like, yeah, he's he's you know he's two a minute off off Almeida. But I mean, this guy every time he wants to target general classification and always just falls away and finishes twelfth or some shit. Like, just go out and win stages because he can do it. Like, if he just picks and chooses. I mean, and just while we're on, uh, uh, what's his name? Who were we just talking about? Ah, oh, Ciccone. Ciccone. Um, just my boy Cohen to court. Uh, slightly under the pump. Mads Pedersen hasn't really won what he probably should have won. And Jasper Stoyven yet. They were also probably needing a win. And obviously they had the cat killer, which 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 hurts. <laughs> which hurts them a tiny bit as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad news for them. It's bad energies. Yeah. Cat killer has cooked them. Maybe it's time to bring Moschetti back under the hood. Matteo's seen better days. He's on Q365. Seems to be doing great things. Yeah, but now, now you've got now you got your fingertips inside Trek and Ineos. I reckon you can start to move move these things around, Maxi. Start to have a little bit of influence. Okay. What, I, what I did like about these two races is that they kind of like starts to build the story of the two grand tours that are coming up so that there is like almost a genuine lead up to it. We start to get, we get to see Pog Vivin. We get to see the two, the two Giro boys go at it. It's not just, we rock up on stage one of the two grand tours going, Oh, that person's going well and find out on the first day. It is like starting to build, build a storyline around the Tour de France. And I think if, if you were, if you're at the ASO, you'd be, you're pretty keen to lock in like your Tour de France riders for, especially Paris Nice, in in that lead up to to the biggest race in the world because they hold all the cards. And I think cycling, if if like if Pog keeps going this way, it could it's going on a good trajectory of like you do more than just the Grand Tours. Like he's cha- he's completely changed the dynamic in these one day races. I don't think he'll make it. He'll make it to the tour of uh, Argentina that I watched in January. I don't. I, if Pog does go there, they've got one fixed camera on the finish line. You're not going to see much with Carlton Kirby behind the uh, behind the microphone. <laughs> Flanders Sunday. I mean, just on that topic with Flanders Sunday and Carlton Kirby. Hopefully, he draws the bad raffle ticket and doesn't get Flanders. I don't think um, he will. I think we have. Uh, I think we have Rob Hatch. I hope we have Rob Hatch anyway. Okay, that's good. Um, Flanders, I already said that I think Pog Pog goes back on them. There's going to be one of these monuments that's come. One of these one days races to come, where the Alperson and the Yumbo satellite riders that go in a break to make other teams chase will actually win, and they won't get chased. Is it Flanders? Is that the one that'll be Tij Bono, Laporte, um, Soren Kra, Anderson, these sort of guys win? Um, it could be because Pog, MVP, and Wood Van Aert have been at the finish line for the last three that they've been involved in. So there could be a chance that the the other group does get there this time. But if that's the case, I'm going to just throw Madwa's name out again. Um, but other than that, <laughs> it's always out there. Uh, it's always Pog out there. And, Pog and Madwa's for me. Canvas. I don't mind that tip, Max. That maybe maybe we're due for that, you know, that that false finale 
group that goes away, sort of 190, 80K from the finish, um, maybe makes it. I think we're going to have to see something different from Sudal Quickstep. I think they're going to have to start doing something early, uh, i.e. throwing their big riders up the road like that might be a a Lamparts or an Asgreen in some earlier moves to, to try and stay away. Tom Pidcock is is back in the fold. I think he's someone that's got to be considered. But like I said off the top, I thought Matthew looked so good at E3. He looks like he's on a mission. He was the best at San Remo. I still think he was the best at E3 despite not winning. So he's my pick, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel for, for Flanders. Is it time what about for- his little, just quickly, his, his post-match, so his pre-match Milan San Remo, this is the most boring monument. I'm not even targeting it. I don't want to be here. This post match, I can't believe I just won. This has been a target of mine. I've been wanting to do this my whole life. What's he? <laughs> he's, he's got me confused. He's in my head. I'm sure he's in Van Art's head as well. <laughs> like, is he? Does he want to win Flanders? He's he's won it once before, at least. I, I think believe. so. Yeah. 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 I think he's got a Flanders under his belt, and also a second when. Uh... When Asgreen rolled him up in that two up, he's won. He's won two rondes, twenty twenty and twenty twenty two, and plus the the second place. So he's ticked this one off. But I'm sure in the shape that he's in, he's going to want to go and just torch these guys. He'll come out and say a hat trick is not something that I want to do. Um, and then when he wins it, he'll go the hat trick was something I targeted in 2012 when I first started cycling. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's genuine need to get Max on the ground for these pre and post match interviews. Like just some of the questions that are coming out of the reporters, just the general like speak seventeen languages. They report for every every news organization across the world. We we need some Max Gorn quality on the ground, a roaming mic for sure. Who would I actually get? I'd get I'd get Cal O'Brien. He'd be the only one who would talk to who would talk to me. <laughs> Caleb Caleb doesn't even talk to me when I'm in his home state. How's he going to go post Flanders? Kel O'Brien's on though. Kel O'Brien's on. Yeah, Watch Kel O'Brien put himself in the move. The hardest move, or the second hardest move in bike racing to make. Kel O'Brien will be in it. Who will be? Uh, who'll be the first uh, Jaco rider home? Kel. Kel. Matthews is lining up though. I don't know what. Okay. I don't think he's been racing. Steve, uh, Steve Bar's on the list. Maybe he can find oh, Big recruit. This is what they this is what they bought him in for, this sort of stuff. Your tips, Albie? Um, I don't think an analysis? Just, uh Pole just absolutely flying. I th- don't really think you can punt against him. It's probably if he doesn't win, it's probably against his own doing, doing too much work. Um, the wrong split going, but I think I think he's the guy. I think there'll be less likely my comment before about the satellite group winning because it's ten to win if you take your mind back to Paris Roubaix with Gianni Vermichuan. That's where like Van Art and Van der Poel were looking at each other as a duo, and they're so worried about the other person winning. Now there's three. I think it takes that out of the equation. How's I, this... I, I just think they they all react to each other when it's three. When it's two, they sort of like. They sometimes miss it. How's this start list from Jumbo Visma? Van Art, Affini, Benut, Laporte, Van Baal, Van der Sand, 
and Van Hoydonk. Like that team is just redonk. It's the big boys, isn't it, coming out? And there's pressure on them. Like I think uh, I saw on Twitter where they won the Van Baal won his race. What was that? The opening weekend. Um, then Van Aert's won a couple. Uh, like Port, like they've won all the big races leading up, but the Ronde is the biggest. And if they were to miss out on on Flanders and win the others, I'm almost thinking they'd almost trade the ones that they've won for Flanders. So there is a little bit of pressure on them. But like I said, like that that team sheet is redonk. I don't think it's the best team there. Just hear me out. Um, <laughs> a star, a starna <laughs> at this stage. I'm taking Lutsenko, which is promising. Uh, Basso, Bol, Fedirov, Gruzdev, Moscon, and Sirista. Gianni's still racing. Gianni, Gianni's still racing. Loves a cobble. Um, so. Watch out for Gianni Moscon is all I'm saying. If it was five years ago, he was Ineos's guy. I don't know what to, I do. I do not know what have, has happened to Gianni. He was he was the guy for all sorts of terrain. Yeah. He was doing peels in the mountains. He was flying off on the cobbles. He do it all. Um, and yeah, he just disappeared off the face of the earth into the. Uh, the wastelands of Astana. And that is going to be the podcast snippet. <laughs> what uh, Vino's, Vino's, Vino's going to have a, have a target on my back now. I'm actually <laughs> concerned. <laughs> the wastelands of Astana would be up there with the worst wastelands you could probably get to as well. I'm yeah, the radioactive wastelands. Oh, dear. There've been nothing since Ilnor Zakarin decided to pack up and leave. Did he even ride for Astana, Zakarin? Yeah, yeah. no, he's yeah, team Katusha. He's, he's a Katusha. I don't know. He's a Katusha. Yeah, yeah. maybe entertaining not. rider, Ilnor. Um, any final comments, thoughts? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great week of racing. Uh, um, is there anything I can I can watch in between? Um, there probably will be. Uh, Dwarves Dorvlander in, uh, which is on tomorrow night uh, as we're recording this. Who's there? Yes, for Philipson. That's a, that's a start. So Dow attacking Alaphilippe. So we got some we got some Wednesday night viewing, which is always good as well. Yeah, mate. Any last thoughts? No, nah, nothing. Nothing more for me to add here, Albie. Thanks. Thanks for your time, Camboss. Good luck with the negotiations. New Tasmanian football team. Thanks, Max. Appreciate your time. All the best with the rehab of the knee. Just remember, Cambo, uh, 2025, I still haven't closed the door on making a move across to Van, to Van Diemen's land. Um, I just would like a couple of zeros in the actual starting figure, if that's okay. Noted. And, um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to make that work. And I'll have an entourage. C Garland will come into coaching. So, okay. so Cambo Cambo is kicking off Tasmania's flagship football team as Israel Startup Nation. Yes, and I am Chris. Fr- no, I haven't won four tours. I'm not Chris Froome. Who else is there washed up? I'm Dan Martin. Yeah, bought his book the other day called Chasing Pandas. Looking forward to reading it. Apparently, chase a panda chased him one day in a in a in a stage race. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tour of Beijing, I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> have to be, wouldn't it? I don't know where else the pandas would be. So, yes, Tour of Beijing. Let's run with that. Thanks, gents. Thank you.